everyone. I hope you guys are having a great evening. Uh, my name is Jen Mellon. I'm the 2016 Coast Guard or AFI Coast Guard Spouse of the Year. And I'm pleased to be with uh, Lisa and Cameron who are part of our Riveter. So tonight we're going to go through um, and ask them a bunch of questions, but to get to know them really. I understand the story of our Riveter, the challenges and their big wins, um, how they employ the military spouse community, um, Shark Tank, and de definitely some Q&A. So um, I'm going to first go to Lisa, and if you can just take a few minutes and introduce yourself and give yourself yeah. a little background. For sure. Yeah, I actually grew up in Montana, and my parents were entrepreneurs, so I kind of knew the lifestyle of what it was like to, to have or to own your own business, the kind of the ups and downs of it, and so I always knew I wanted to start my own business. Um, the our Riveter start story kind of started when I met a boy, and I don't know how many stories start like that. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> boy, yes, when I met a boy and I met a girl. <laughs> um, but he he asked me to move to his first duty station with him, and so I kind of put myself through the fast track of my college career to eventually be put on the slow track of a career. Uh, we, we first started in Fort Benning, then a year later we moved to Fort Lewis, Washington. He deployed there, we moved again and then again, so you're starting to see kind of a, a trend that I'm sure so many military spouses that are logging in here have also been through. But the, the picture is I was 26 years old, had two degrees, and a ton of moves under my belt, and I really kind of kissed that idea of a normal career away when I said I do, and eventually I found out that it was actually better for me because the career should, should work for me, not the other way around. So that was kind of where I then met the girl, Cameron. We ran that company for nine months together too and I always laugh that we had just enough time to have a business baby. <laughs> so <laughs> more kind of... Yeah. Well, like, introduce herself. Um, well, I'm Cameron Cruz, and I grew up just outside of Atlanta in Tucker, Georgia. And um, let's see, I went to college and met my um, future husband in Savannah, um, Fort Stewart, rather. Um, Depending on who I'm talking to, I say Savannah or I say Fort Stewart. Um, so uh, we dated all through college, got married. Um, I literally graduated on a Saturday, and we drove the U-Haul out on Monday. Um, so I was long, I was in one place long enough to start and finish my bachelor's and my master's, which I'm thankful for. Um, but it didn't, you know, it wasn't without like 24 hours in between that we left, and I got a degree in architecture. I never saw myself as an entrepreneur. I'm kind of the opposite of Lisa. I always saw myself as a career spouse, so somebody who um, had a nine-to-five and fluffy salary. <laughs> and um, and so when we moved to the middle of you know the North Georgia woods um, for in the Fifth Ranger Training Battalion, there wasn't a whole lot of architecture going on. And so um, Lisa and I decided that if we were going to have something for ourselves, you know, we were going to have to do it. And um, so that's when our riveter, the baby, was born. Um, so a little bit about so, me. Awesome. Thank you. So is there other reasons as to 
um, why you made the decision to start our Riveter, and is there any other further story that you can add to how you guys started? Oh yeah, lots there. <laughs> the you know, like I think the the main reason was the continual conversations that we're having with, between ourselves and then other military spouses about how it's just so difficult to be able to find a a consistent income source as, as a military spouse. I think that there's this like 1950s era military spouse that's supposed to a first be the the wife or, or husband and then be able to do all of the duties that come with being a military spouse. But nowadays it's almost becoming a necessity to have that dual income and, it, and it, at least it was in my in my situation we needed that second income but there wasn't an ability to for me to get it. We were in a really small location. It was either going to be a long drive or another part-time job for me. And so we thought this is instead of being part of the problem, let's create a solution. And that was really kind of like the, the beginning steps of our river. Awesome. Well, great. So how has been, um, or how has being a military spouse affected your journey? I think you guys touched on a little bit. Is there anything else that you can add to that? Man, I think being a military spouse really gave me perspective. So, you know, if everything had gone according to plan and I had graduated and gone right into architecture and, and got a job right away, which I you know, if I hadn't been attached to the military in that capacity, I'd like to think that I would have. Um, but, you know, I think it really gave me a true humbling. Like, it, I figured out how big the world really was and how small I really, um, in reality, was. And so, you know, I feel like it gave me a perspective to say that, you know, if I want something, like, in order, to, you know, to build something like that, um, how much it was going to take and how I had to redefine myself as a as an individual somebody I thought I was going to be one thing and then it didn't quite go as planned and, and what it means to, to redefine yourself um, and how you are in control um, as much times as it doesn't feel that way you know we all control our the outcome of our lives I think that's a big um item that's in or thought that's in the the spouse community right now right where we the empowerment and actually understanding that we can control what is in our destiny right and what we want to actually do in our journey it isn't just about being the spouse it's about being a team and that we can control what's within our own realm um, and that could mean starting a company or taking a journey somewhere that is in whatever your dreams might be, but there are avenues that you can do that, definitely. So I'm, I appreciate right. And I think another thing that can add to that, you know, the common denominator between all of us is that we're military spouses, but the team that's part of our Riveter, you, we're so diverse, and that's what's made our company so successful is using all those different skill sets and all the different places that they've been and being able to come together in this common goal and be able to create something for ourselves. And I think that's what's so great about our team is, yes, we're all military spouses. We have that common denominator, but we have so much more to bring to the table because of that diverse background and the different, the different hurdles that we've been through because of that military spouse lifestyle. Right. What was a, a big challenge that you faced along the way, and how did you overcome it? 
Every day is a challenge when you own a business. <laughs> um, I like to say that it's like having kids. You know, when, when it's early, the challenges are one thing, and then when you you grow up and, and the business evolves, you know, you have different challenges. You have teenager challenges. Um, and so that's what I've really come to, to come to realize is it's really not about where I thought we would go and where I thought we would be and we would we would get to this point where we built the business and that's it. Um, hey, Dave. And uh, <laughs> and so for me, it was more about um, finding out that it is so much about the journey and that you have to take every day and and look at it. You know, as it comes, and there's there's no end goal for our riveter. There's just you know empowerment every day, and and as as cliche as it sounds, it's just happiness every day. You know. <laughs> Um, I think I could probably add, I think one of the challenges that we really had was because we were mil military families, Cameron and I just got our master's degrees, we didn't have a lot of money to put into, or free cash flow to put into the company, and so we really had to figure out a way to make the company work for us, and so just along every stage of the company, we figured out a way to have the company pay for itself, and so when we started out the company, we were making things all custom made, and then once we were able to have the cash flows to sell from inventory, we just figured it out every step of the way. So we knew the problem and created a solution for it. It evolved over time, right, where you can make it a little bit better just one step at a time. Yeah. So what helped you decide, even with the challenges and beginning to evolve, to take the leap, right? Because that having the dream and knowing what's in front of you but actually taking the leap is a huge step right so what helped you guys decide to do that I think the first step is always the most difficult and you should take it really big because then you can't turn back <laughs> but kinda like when they when they talk about when you sign up for a marathon you know take that first big step actually pay for pay for the race and for Cameron and I, it was we, we got the card reader, we signed up for the website before we even had sellable products. We, we had the, the idea behind the company before we even made that first step. So it was a great big first step. And then every step after that was just baby steps. Awesome. So to go back and to talk a little bit more about what our Riveter is, can you tell us more about the products that you have and, and how do you guys come up with the designs or how do you choose which products to make the bags from? So I can tie this into what Joy's asking about the brainstorming session and uh, the whole thing stemmed from Lisa and I sitting down and deciding okay we gotta do something we can't go on like this forever and we were at the time Starbucks was running an indivisible for all campaign and they were basically providing grants for companies who were providing local jobs to Americans and Lisa and I were in the car and we said who needs and deserves jobs more than the spouses of our active duty military and it was kind of that moment where we said okay Starbucks we see your local American jobs and we'll raise you for military spouse employment and that's when we kind of had this the mission was born there um, and that's where that's the brainstorming session and then we decided that okay military spouses don't just need flexible income right because there's a lot of corporations and there's a lot of companies that provide flexible income. It was the moment where we had um, friends and colleagues and team members say I've got to go home and work on these parts and I have to PCS in six months so 
how am I going to keep making bags with you guys? And it was this idea that the light bulb went off and we said, we need to provide flexible mobile income. And we're going to do that by, by making bags. Um, and so our remote riveters make parts and pieces all across the country. And then we assemble um, canvas and leather handbags in our shop just outside of Fort Bragg. Awesome. So is there specific, are, are the remote riveters, or did, did, oh my gosh, are they part of how the design process is, or do you guys come up with that and then distribute it out to help for those folks to make them remotely? The, the whole entire designs are based off, off of manufacturability, and what that means is that they're all based on simple parts. So we're able to outsource the parts and pieces to riveters across the country, and then they, they ship those parts to us. Uh, where the riveters come in is streamlining that process of how to better and more efficiently make those products or those sub-components. So we, we have a, a Facebook group for our riveters, and the community is so strong, and I love going there every day and just hearing their ideas and helping each other out, sending messages to each other on best practices for creating those subcomponents and they've they've taken it to a whole nother level. Awesome. So uh, it looks like Annika had a question of how can you use the military spouse community to increase your business? So suggestion brand ambassadors. So do you guys have anything that maybe um, you can speak to for that? Absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, before Shark Tank, our growth was primarily on word of mouth and it was basically the organic um, distribution of the brand via our remote riveters and our families and just getting out there and saying okay we're gonna make these bags we're gonna hustle and go to every single market that we can we're gonna make five bags to make ten bags and then tell our family and then hopefully our remote riveters will tell their family and friends you know and it, so it, it was honestly basically we had built-in brand ambassadors with our remote riveters and that's something that we're continuously looking to refine and 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 grow that area of our business but um, another thing too is like just having to focus your your development and, and right now we're really highly focused on developing the remote manufacturing network um, I love the idea of bringing on brand ambassadors and opening it up to to something like that but there's only so much time in a day um, and we want to make sure that we've got the best product with the best manufacturing network and that's kind of what we're focused on right now. Lisa, I don't know if you have anything to add to that. Yeah, I think we're always looking for military spouses that are into photography and they have unique ways of of sharing and, and putting the putting brands out there. And so we're working on a program to be able to bring on more brand reps that can help spread the the not only the mission of our riveter and, and the products, but um, there's there's a lot of military spouses out there that have those unique skill sets. And so always reach out to us because, you know, we're always looking to grow in that way. So you guys touched on a little bit about, um, or you spoke a little bit about Shark Tank. So most of you might know that um, they secured a deal, our Riveter secured a deal with Mark Cuban in 2016. So can you guys tell us what was that experience like or how has it or hasn't it served as a launch pad? Yeah, um, definitely one of the <laughs> one of the best experiences and most terrifying moments of our lives. Um, I think that having Cameron to go through it 
I wouldn't have done it any other way. It was kind of funny how we had different kind of moments of either pure terror or like, hey, we can totally do this, and we, we kind of flip-flopped. So when, when I was feeling like maybe this isn't the best decision for us, Cameron's like, let's do it, and then then maybe the next day it would flip-flop. So it, it was definitely a good thing to go through with, with a business partner. And um, the whole entire process has been amazing for us because even if we hadn't had filmed or things had gone a completely different way, it was absolutely invaluable just to have that that type of prep work for a company to go through that, for our team to go through that um, conversations about finance and scaling that we've never had before. Awesome, and I bet like you learned so much, right? Because there's a, there's like you said, you grow your business every single day, really, right? So I bet that just like catapulted everything that you could have known, and then Absolutely. some. Right? Yeah, I, companies just don't go through that type of growth on a normal basis. Um, our our company, our team has gone through 600% growth in just a year and so much props to our, our team members to be able to get through that. A lot of companies don't actually survive that growth and not only have we kind of met the, ch the challenge but uh, not only done well but have become a better, stronger company and team from it. And I bet that had some, I mean, it takes a lot of time and dedication, right, to, to take that much of a hit, right, from a 600%. It's not a negative hit. That's a, that's a good thing for a company. So what drives you guys to keep that going, and what inspires you guys to do the work that you do? I, well, I'm inspired every day when I go to work. So I get to work with incredible people. You know, I've got, I've got my business partner, Lisa, who, you know, she's basically the the PC and the Excel spreadsheet to my to my Mac. Um, you know, without the other half of the partnership, you wouldn't have our owner. So, um, and then without our, you know, not just our 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 managers, but every single person from remote riveter to operator to sales associate. You know, we get to see how this business affects our lives in a positive way. Um, and when it when it gives somebody, when you get you when you have somebody that comes to you and says. Before our Riveter, before I started working with you guys, I was didn't know what the heck I was doing with myself. And now I have a purpose, I have a mission. I think when you can bring somebody into a mission and all kind of, you know, run forward towards it, you know, at 110 miles an hour, it just it makes you feel good and it makes everybody feel good. So I think what inspires me is constantly redefining what that modern woman should look like and fortunately for all of us we have the internet that tells us what we should be and um, so like society tells us that we should be able to do it all we're that working mom or that mother or that volunteer suddenly we should have perfected every craft on Pinterest gotten two workouts in dinner on the table and met every single promotion point in our career and so suddenly the modern woman has become less about what our celebrations of what our skill sets are and and more about what we're not doing and so ultimately for me and our Riveter it's it's being able to empower each other to be able to to do everything maybe it's not everything but it's everything that we do well um, and and make us whole as a modern woman and that's kind of what inspires me every day is all these women I go to work with every day and the amazing things that they do for their families and their country and basically empowering each other to, to keep going. Positivity breeds positivity, right? So if it's good things are happening, it's going to cause it to, to grow every day. 
So what is, or uh, Joy had a question. So with the growth of your company, have you found that the flexibility of your business has still allowed for you to be able to move with your service member? <laughs> Lisa's, <laughs> so Lisa definitely has moved significantly, and she has a, a, a part of the business where, I mean, it's not ideal for her to be remote, but, you know, she's got a, a part of the business where it's, it's possible and even if I had to move we've got a strong team in place that I think it, we we could sustain me being remote well. yeah. um, but you know what we had to do was decide because I get that from my husband flexible mobile in income Cameron why are we taking vacations you know and um, and so <laughs> um, what we had to do was decide that the mission of the company is to provide flexible mobile income for a, a, a group of people and and that's active duty military spouses who have to have to move constantly and so what we have to do at this point is is decide with each point that comes up in each problem is it providing flexible mobile income is it empowering and inspiring other military spouses and then how do you make decisions from there and so some of our like like the line had to change significantly. We were originally making bags out of recycled military materials. Well, that doesn't really lend itself to the big picture of flexible mobile income. Um, can you imagine having a garage full of recycled military materials, or better yet, a living room? Like your your spouse would be like, "I don't like this job." <laughs> so we had to decide, and we had to choose, you know, remote work for a for a group of people and then always put that at the forefront of our mind and so it does come with sometimes maybe it's not as flexible for you know our operators in-house our employees in-house or for Lisa and I but it does provide a, a niche for a certain group of people that we've chosen to provide that for right exactly and I think that if there's any military spouses that want to start their own business to keep that in mind that you can figure out ways to really tie that into your business plan and it can be for the better and not necessarily a, a hindrance for the company because mm -hmm. it certainly is a positive for our router. I mean and it's another way to think about things right it kind of flips things on its on its head in, in, a, in a very positive way um, and makes us think outside of the box of how can we actually do it outside of the norm like you had said about the internet and the Joneses are telling us this one way to, to act but right. there are other ways that we can actually um, have a positive results. So right. what is your most proud achievement with our Riveter thus far? Oh. Hard one. Yeah, I think for me, yeah, <laughs> for me it's that we're providing so much, so much value to a, such an amazing group of individuals, but kind of a more on like the nerdy business side for me, it's the fact that we've made small batch manufacturing profitable in the United States. That's kind of a, a huge thing to try and do and and make happen. Um, and not only that, but we've kind of redefined what it means to, to manufacture in America, where overseas the, the workers in factories are not even able to have their children in the same cities because it's so caustic. And all the different inputs and outputs into manufacturing overseas, how here with our Riveter we're not only able to offer income opportunities to military spouses so that they can work from home and, and have all the flexibilities that they need in order to have that, that lifestyle, but we're also creating such a value for, for the economy of, of America as well. 
Awesome. Cameron, do you have anything else that you is your most proud or in addition to? Um, ooh, I mean, I think when we, when we walked out of the tank and we had secured the deal and um, at that moment, you know, Lisa and I had always had this inkling that we were going to build something great um, and, and bigger than ourselves. But to have people, I mean, you, as human beings, we always look for validation and we always look for somebody around us to say, you know, you are doing a good job and I can see the future and I can see the vision. And prepping for Shark Tank, we actually had multiple mock tanks where we got a lot of um, business people together. We got lawyers. We got people that were smarter than us in the same room. And we said, just hit it, hit us like the sharks would and, and let's do this. And we had several mock tanks where I was like, I don't think I would invest. We never got a deal on the mock tanks. And so every time we had to revamp the pitch, get better at what we were saying and how we were saying it, and so to walk in there and, and pitch it to five, you know, sharks and um, and walk out with a deal was was a pretty proud moment for me. Mm -hmm. I never even thought about the mock tank. That's an awesome idea. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Those sometimes were those were sometimes worse than the real experience. Honestly, like, <laughs> Well, I can only imagine. Was, yeah, I think my husband was the worst, actually. <laughs> like, yeah. true. It's a good way to think about it. He's a bulldog over there, right? So yeah. how do you want our Riveter to be remembered? Um, for me, I guess that kind of sounds like, like it's no longer. I think like any parent or child, you want our Riveter to outlive you. And um, if not the company to outlive me, but the idea that a group of like-minded individuals can get together and, and create something both literally and figuratively um, that creates value to such a community. That That's what I hope lives on and that's what I hope it is remembered. Absolutely. And I, there's not a point in my mind where I ever thought we could empower, I mean, excuse me, employ or provide income to every single military spouse. And so what, another thing that has been something that I've seen that's felt incredible is when Arbiter inspires or plays a part in invalidating somebody else's dream. So I was, I'm a military spouse, I didn't think I could do this, but I heard your story and I, I can do it now. Or I've started it, I've, I've made the first step, I have the website. Um, and so empowering and, and inspiring other military spouses to, to follow their own path and redefine whatever identity they, they see fit um, and just getting after it I think is awesome. Great legacy to start, I will say, um, at the at the very least. So, what do um, I'm going to go with one question that we have posted, then I'm going to open it up to the floor. Um, but what would you? What's one thing that you would recommend to someone who is looking to start their own business? Hmm. <clears throat> I would say ditch the business plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, depending on what business, absolutely. You're right. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely applicable in a lot of places. But I wrote so many business plans for this business, and they never went anywhere because I put so much details into. I think it's a kind of a, a difference in me, and that I want to have it perfect before I put it out there. And sometimes you just gotta put caution to the wind and just get started. Take that big step. Um, there are yeah. some businesses where you really should have a business plan. I'm not saying that, but yeah. <laughs> just get started. <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. a that's a huge one. And then um, I had a thought, and then it just went away. Um, 
and my daughter walked in wearing the princess crown. So um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> next. <laughs> well, I mean, if so, I'm going to expand and ask you guys. You know, if we're going to ditch the business plan, is it more about rolling with the punches and taking the big leap? Is that what you mean when you say that? So you know, having faith in yourself and knowing that it may not be perfect and just roll with it and, and being flexible, is that what you mean? Yeah, absolutely. I think sometimes every, we think that we need to have all the answers up front before we can even get started. And I say a lot of the times if we had the capital up front to start the company and and possibly get it to the level of what it is today, for Cameron and I personally, we I think we would have spent that money in all the wrong places because we didn't know what the true pillars of our riveter were at that time. We needed we needed to take the steps and figure it out before we could get there. Now it might be different in other other individuals that maybe already have worked in that industry for ten years and already have that mapped out. It could be a little bit different for them, but I think that getting started and, and taking those steps and figuring it out as you go is a lot better than than just waiting. Definitely. So as of, what is it, the 8th of March, 2017, where do you see your company five years from now? Because I know it can change every day. So as of today, where do you see your, yourself in the company in five years? I think it's always rooted in helping more military spouses. So right now we're providing income to over 100 military spouses. That's our riveters, our employees, and the, the brands that we sell uh, on our riveter. Um, we have post-a-pillar vendors who say that you know the opportunities in order to grow their businesses have sometimes doubled and tripled their business already. So to me, it's always going to be rooted in, in expanding that, that business or that community, excuse me, and helping other military spouses start their businesses. So I'd love to have, I'd love to have scholarship programs and things attached to our order where we're truly helping other military spouses start their own businesses. Here, here. I'll, I'll, can I raise my? I'd like it. I'm just, just kidding. <laughs> awesome. So, um, for the folks that are on, we're gonna open it up for you guys. Uh, is there any questions? Additional questions that you guys have for the R Riveter team? There was one about Army. Um, we're Cameron and I are both Army, but so many of the other military spouses on our team are from other branches, and we do have, have a couple handbags that have been made in with inspiration from other from other branches too. So take a look at the website because they there's definitely inspiration from the Navy denim uh, was one of the more recent one of the more recent handbags that we've released. I have one has the Coast Guard that so I'll take it. I was super excited. So yeah I loved it. Use it all the time. <laughs> so there was another question on pop-up shops. Um, is that something that you guys are looking to have um, more of uh, in the near future or plans to do uh, in the near future? I think that it is something it's something fun to do and, and kind of pop up all over the, the country um, and especially you know we've got a team member in in the DC area right now, um, so Stacy's able to do pop-up shops in and around, you know, Alexandria, Bethesda, Maryland. Um, we have some a couple more possibly coming through the pipeline. So anytime that we can take, you know, a, somebody who is vital to the Arbiter team, and they move, um, and they can take the Arbiter 
you know, brand and idea and mission with them. And if that takes the form of pop-up shops, then that's what we do. And if it takes the form of some other remote... Um, Brand ambassador well, program. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's really about um, kind of what Lisa spoke to earlier, our team strengths and how do we find those and, and just really hone in on, on what we've got on the team. Awesome. So another question um, that's come up is for the spouses that may, you know, we move all the time, right? Um, you guys have a great partnership, though, with um, business partners. What do you say about someone who may be wanting to start something but want to have a business partner or don't know if they can do it on their own? What can help them make that decision to um, take a partner or to um, make a leap on, on their own? Mm -hmm. um, I think it's definitely particular to that that pair of people. Um, I think that was one of the things that we got the most feedback on was why are you starting a partnership? It's going to end very badly. Um, but especially being a military spouse, I couldn't do it any other way. The, the times that we needed to get a 100-pound sewing machine up into an attic, our husbands were gone. You know, like that was the time that they were gone. So Cameron and I got a pulley system and we got it up there together. Um, it, when her son was sick or all the different things that pop up as a wife, a mother, and all the other things that we're trying to do in today's world, I needed a second person that wasn't necessarily in my family unit to be able to tackle some of the things that pop up. And I couldn't have done it any other way. Sure, it's nice to have uh, friends that have become family, right? Uh, Absolutely. That's, that's something I've learned recently myself. It's sure nice those people are, right. are my blood now, I will say. And it's funny because Cameron and I were friends beforehand, but the, the first conversations we had were about starting a business. So we were almost business partners before we were. Our business grew with our friendship. So we didn't have years and years of a friendship behind that, and I think that that helped as well because we – kind of grew our relationship based on on more than just a friendship as well. Had a business yeah, baby. I remember. Yeah, exactly, the business baby. I remember it was all fun and games, like, okay, you got a new friend, Lisa, and you're talking about starting a company, okay. And I said, you know, okay, we went to Atlanta and we put the machine on Lisa's credit card. <laughs> and George was like, wait, hold on, this just got real. Are you sure? You don't. You guys don't even really know each other, you know. And it was this, um, this feeling, this authentic feeling of, I know that we can do something together, and that we're on the same level and we're on the same page. And just the fire that we went into this partnership with, um, I it was just, it was like a life of its own. Another mm -hmm. thing is to find somebody that doesn't accept failure. I mean, there has been some very low points in our Reuters history. Every business has them. And I can honestly say that Cameron and I have never talked about quitting. It's never been something that's even come up. So I think you need to find that person that can weather the storm. So you're fearless, brave, yang to your yang, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you won the lottery, you know, like I don't I don't even know how you find that person. Um, but. Exactly, make an ad out. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so are you guys, I mean, you guys are moms, you're businesswomen, 
Um, how do you balance it? I, I mean, I'm not a believer that you really, there is a work-life balance because it never really is that way. You, you have to compensate one and the other. But, I mean, how do you guys balance, if you can, working, businesswoman, life, food on the table, wife, mom, life? Mm -hmm. How do you guys do it? Yeah, there's definitely no balance, but I think it's just being intentional in everything that you do so you feel like everything that you set out to do is being fulfilling. So when I'm at work, I try and be as most efficient as I can. When I'm with my kids, I try to put them, just be with my kids and not try and do it all at once because that's when you will go crazy. Yeah, absolutely. It can't really do that, right? Because if you give everything to everyone, you're giving no one anything. So you know, that's, that's a, a big thing I've learned as well, and it's a good one. Do you guys have any other tips of how to juggle responsibilities? Mm -hmm. I think having like honest conversations with your spouse. Um, that's it's been. I think for a while there, they you know it, they had to come around to the idea that this wasn't just a hobby, that it was going to be a, a career for us, and. But that, that took a lot of communication between the two of us and figuring out what's best for our family. And, Absolutely. Um, I heard, um, I was listening to, and I never even thought about it that, like that with, with your, your spouse, not your business spouse, but your actual spouse, um, until I was listening to Adriana, I'm going to butcher her last name, Dominguez Lofer from um, the MSB um, news and she one of her like five tips was get your spouse on board first like there's no way that you can do this without your life partner completely understanding what's about to go down um, and and that is so true that's so true mm -hmm. so I'm gonna change it a little bit a little lighter um, on are there uh, I would say hobbies, but that's not really a, a term I use that. <laughs> but like, I listen to podcasts to help calm down, right? Like, l to inspire myself or to get outside of my element because I'm also like, I work and I have kids and take a little me time. Do you guys have any podcasts or anything that's outside of our Riveter or your families mm -hmm. that you like to do? My family likes to make everything from scratch. So we, <laughs> it's just something we do. We like, we make, wine and beer and when I say we make wine I mean like we we ship grapes in California and we crush and and make a whole barrel at once um, you know we have chickens and we make bread from scratch and it's just something that grounds us and you have an appreciation for how things are made and where they come from and um, it's just kind of a nice little hobby that my family and I have that is really grounding Oh, what you're saying is I'm going to Lisa's house. Good dinner and good wine and beer. Well, after I listen to Spouse Spouts, um, <laughs> Dave, shout out. Um, no, I think that anytime I felt like a completely overwhelmed um, point in my life, I realized that I haven't really been exercising and I haven't really been taking the time to um, take a pause and take some time for me and so anytime I get back into that routine I feel like this weight has been lifted um, and so you know for me it's 20 to 30 minutes of cardio I think is a complete lifesaver um, and um, yeah I just 
it, for me, it's all about finding those intentional priorities in your life. And if that's work, family, and a little bit of you time, then you do what you want to do. And um, you know, I think so many times we we listen to to this notion that there's not enough time in the day when in fact there's plenty of time. We just have to prioritize what we really want. And I think a lot of times it's deciding what that is. Like we get caught up in in the day to day of our of our nine to fives or our families and our and so what do you want of there's a TED talk, like what do you want next year's Christmas letter to to read? And you work backwards from there. Like if you want to talk about your next brilliant family vacation, you make that a priority. Um, and so, you know, I think you live the next year like you would want your next year's Christmas letter to read. Um, and for us, if that's making a, you know, a, a, a growing a business and raising healthy families, then that's what we prioritize. And then you got to get it on Pinterest and make a really nice Christmas card. From scratch. I would be the one that would be the the Pinterest fail, like the hashtag Pinterest fail always. <laughs> so I'd like to add that humor in. Awesome. So is there um, any, this goes out to the floor so that folks that are on, do you guys have any other questions for the R Riveter folks or for Cameron and for Lisa? Give them a second. All right, so, Dave's asking if there's a catalog. Ooh. Um, is he going to hold me to the man bag? <laughs> 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 um, which is such a struggle, by the way. Men are so picky are. Uh, when it comes to their man bags. Um, no, I think that when we talk about you know, wanting to have the best product and the best manufacturing network, oh, thank you. He loves the shaving kit. Um, it, it's always, you know, how do we make, so our company was founded in the why, and, and we had a mission from day one, and, and then we fit bags into it. Um, and so now we're circling back around and saying, okay, how do we make the best bag with our manufacturing network that we're comfortable in? Um, and so now it's a team of military spouses and a couple of operators and some remote riveters all putting putting our heads together and saying, well, what does the perfect bag look like for us knowing our, our, our limits as a manufacturing entity? Um, and so it's, it's kind of like a puzzle. But now it's a little bit of everybody designing, designing the bags. And a lot of it is the customer feedback, too. So the customer plays a part in designing the bags as well. I think, that, I think Jessica asked that, too. Is it who, or who designs the bags? Yeah. I think that, it, like Cameron just mentioned, it's uh, when it started just in an attic, which some of those designs are still seen in today's bags, the, the bucket bottom. But now we have a team of military spouses from the remote riveter telling us what works best for, for their part of the remote manufacturing network to the customers who are telling us that, hey, we would like to see this. So it's really a combination of, of a lot of different factors coming into it now but all still very much in-house. Awesome. So what are you guys currently working on? I would ask what's next, but is there anything that your team is like focused on right now and that you're trying to either bring to market or that you're working on as a company? Anything fun? 
One of the things that we're doing is taking some of our successful post-secular vendors and creating a, a deeper um, relationship with them. And so we're working on some really, truly co-branded designs with our with our post pillar vendors like Charlie Madison and um, Deshaun Russell from Southern Elegance um, and just working together and partnering on, on some of these um, products and, and making them more uh, cohesive co-branded product. Co-branded product. Mm -hmm. Awesome. All right, my last call before we begin to wrap up. So I really do appreciate it. I've watched you guys since Shark Tank. I'm a big fan. I met you guys in person last year at the MSOI um, Awards, and I've been watching you guys ever since. Um, and I will thank you so much for letting me um, come and interview you and also just have this conversation. Uh, it's definitely something that uh, for me is helpful, and I know a lot of our peers as well love to know that it is, there is a success story out there and that you know we can jump, that it works, right? And so I appreciate you guys um, jumping in. So before we end it for everyone is that I'd like to thank you guys all for coming and that we do actually have a discount code. Our regular team, Lisa and Cameron, has provided that and it expires at the end of April. It's our Riveter Spouse 17. Um, and so that is available for you guys for joining us today. I know I'm going to take a look uh, and make sure I can get <laughs> take advantage of that. Um, but thank you guys so much for coming thank and you for being part of it and for your questions. It was fun. Thanks, everyone. Okay, well, thanks, everyone. You guys have a fantastic night. Thank you. Bye. Thanks. Thanks, Bye. Jen. Bye.